It's the Real Faith for Your Life podcast. Hey, everybody. Today, we're talking about children's ministry, what it looks like to pass on our faith to the next generation in 2022. Plus, we'll see how real life and real faith go together by looking at what is in the news. Today, we're going to look at what the Farmer's Almanac is saying about this winter, and it's not good news. Oh, man. Plus, Jurassic Park is coming in real life. I can't wait to talk about that, all that and more straight ahead on today's podcast. This is Real Faith for Real Life, a podcast from Cascade Fellowship in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right, everybody, it's another summer bonus episode. We'll oh, yeah. Be, yeah, we'll be back in the fall with a walkthrough uh, with the book of Hebrews, so that should be exciting. But yeah. for today, we're going to focus in on children's ministry. And before we get into that, let's do a quick check of what's in the news. We believe that real faith and real life intersect, so we're always wanting to stay in touch with what people are talking about and thinking about. So... Eric, what's our first headline for today? Okay, well, the Farmer's Almanac predicts really bad weather, calls the Midwest a hibernation zone. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the Farmer's Almanac is predicting that most of the country will see below normal temperatures and above average precipitation this winter. And get this, we live in Michigan. So this is especially relevant to us. It declared the upper Midwest a, quote, hibernation zone and said we should expect glacial snow-filled winter up here. (laughs) And uh, I think uh, if I remember the article, it said something about the Great Lakes region should prepare for an unreasonably cold and snowy winter. I love that phrase, unreasonably cold. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be cold no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, some areas are going to drop even, you know, 40 degrees below zero. So, Eric, you're more familiar with Michigan than me. I've only been here two years. How do you cope with these glacial winters? Yeah, well, hibernation zone. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) Um, I am not a huge fan of the winter. Uh, If you know me, I love the sun. Mm -hmm. I love being warm. I love the beach. So when it starts snowing, Bill, like, I just don't want to come outside. Yeah. Uh, I'd prefer to just stay in my warm house, maybe make a fire in the fireplace or something like that. So, that's kind of how I cope. Um, I tend to read more books in the winter, so that's a positive thing. That is thing. good. You know, there's plenty that, that you can do in the winter, though, too. So it's not all just bad. You know, you can make fun with the snow, too. I know uh, I see kids making um, snowmen. That's not my thing. But I love to explore. And so hiking in the woods in the winter is kind of fun. Seeing the dog run around, maybe exploring a frozen over lake. It's, it's kind Ooh. of a cool thing. There's a lot you can do. So it's not all just hibernation and I'll see you in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much I haven't done yet. I haven't tried cross-country skiing or walking with snowshoes. I do love photography and it is beautiful in the winter. So yeah, we'll just have to be ready. And see if these folks are right or wrong. Well, yeah. I never, I'm not sure they can really predict that well. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll we will see. see. But our final headline of the day is this that Jurassic Park may be a real thing sometime soon. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Colossal Biosciences says it has started <laughs> the de extinction of an Australian marsupial that was eradicated by human hunting nearly a century ago. Can you tell us a little bit more, Bill? Well, I love the name of that company. Isn't that great? Colossal 
Biosciences, and they call themselves a genetic engineering and a de-extinction company. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. And they were founded by Harvard geneticist George Church and a tech entrepreneur. So, yes, they are working to bring back the Tasmanian tiger. That's what you were talking about. But that's not their first de-extinction project. They also want to bring back woolly mammoths. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, they died yeah. about 10,000 years ago. Uh, but they've raised $15 million to try to bring them back. And guess what? That funding, all that money, well, a lot of that money, the funding was led by ex-CEO of the company that produced... Jurassic World. <laughs> okay. Listen, I have seen this whole plot line in movies, but is it actually really even possible? And is it a good idea? You know, Jurassic World kind of glamorizes it and makes it sound like uh, it could be cool because look at it's on the screen, but they also make it sound like maybe we shouldn't do this, I especially think... <laughs> in the last movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, apparently, to answer your first question, it is possible. So they say they're going to edit the skin cells from Asian elephants with mammoth DNA taken from frozen specimens. Okay. So not all that different than the movie. Sure. And then they gestate a lab-created egg in a surrogate elephant for 22 months. And at the end of all of that, they say they'll produce a, quote, cold-resistant elephant that looks and behaves like a mammoth. And it could be done within six years or so. Wow. Exciting time to be alive. Yeah. So it is possible, apparently. But is it a good idea? Well, they make it sound like their intentions are all pure here. They're, they're wanting to conserve African elephant, excuse me, Asian elephants, which are endangered, by making them more hardy to survive in the winters in the Arctic. Uh, and they also want to help the Arctic, they say, by getting this species back uh, intact that will help knock down trees and restore grasslands. Which makes me, of course, think, don't we need trees? Why are we knocking down trees? <laughs> I'm not an environmental scientist, though. <laughs> And can we care for them or can they take care of themselves in today's world? It's a whole bunch of different questions this raises, but um, maybe maybe the bestest word is to stop, you know? Yeah, right, right. I don't know. What's your take on it? I feel a little bit uncomfortable, and I guess I'm not quite sure how to expand on that. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Not for the fact that there might be a, a dinosaur of sorts that might be created someday, but it's the creation aspect of it that just feels a little bit out there to mm -hmm. me. Um, and as we introduce new animals into our world, like the woolly mammoth, or reintroduce an animal like the woolly mammoth, we're introducing them to a very different world uh, like from the climate that they knew a long time ago. So are they really actually going to survive? Or are we just introducing something to de-extinction yeah. and extinct it again. I have no right, idea, right. you know? So I don't know. I don't know where you draw that line. I don't know how you discern what is smart and not in this area, but uh, it would do us well not to just do whatever science lets us do, but to spend some time thinking about what we should do. Hmm. And that applies from everything as big as a mammoth all the way down to something as small as a virus. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so we got to be careful just because we can do things now. Should we? Mm, that's, that's a, a can of worms right there. That's a deep question. That's a deep question. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, there's a lot of things we can do with children's ministry. You like that segue? I'm the king of segues, they call me. That's a great segue. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, in our main segment today, we have a special guest we're excited about, uh, Paige Rowan, our, our children's ministry lead here at the church. And, you know, a lot of people listen to this podcast from our church, Cascade Fellowship. So you're all going to love this segment because we talk about what's coming up in the fall here at our church. 
But hey, everybody listening from wherever you're listening from should be an interesting discussion as well. Just talking about what children's ministry looks like today. So, Eric, you sat down with Paige earlier, and uh, we're excited to play that interview. I am here with Paige Rowan. She serves as our kids ministry lead here at Cascade, and I have to say I am super thankful to have you on our team. It is very fun to partner with you. I know you love kids, you love Jesus, and I don't want to give everything away about you. So Paige, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, I'm Paige, so I work here as the kids ministry lead. I have some experience in ministry. I went to Kuiper College and have a degree in ministry leadership. Um, I worked at Blyfield Christian Reformed Church for about two years as the ministries coordinator, and now I'm here at Cascade, focused in on kids. That's what I love to do. So yeah, it's been great so far. Um, what do I do in my spare time? I love kayaking, being outside, camping. I took a little solo camping trip with my dog last weekend. So fun. That was It was good. It was a challenge setting up the tent, but, you know, love it. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. All right, all right. Well, uh, we love you here at Cascade, and I want people to really get to know you on a, on a different level. Uh, sometimes we see people up front where they might make an announcement on an announcement video or uh, just share something very briefly, but this isn't an opportunity for us to really get to know you, Paige. So, um, really diving into kids' ministry, would you be willing to share some memories that you had uh, when you were in kids' ministry? You know, what stood out to you? What do you remember when you were a kid? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian Reformed church, so we had Sunday school, we had VBS and all those things. And the times that really like stand out to me are like when we came together as a large group and did like fun songs or kind of like uh, told a Bible story in a funny way, right? So those times where we could kind of take our faith and uh, put it into action or do something creative with it, that that really stuck with me. Yeah. Was there something in particular that really impacted your relationship with Jesus uh, in the middle of those moments? Yeah. You know, I think it's the people who were really consistent in my life during those times, right? So my Sunday school teachers who've, you know, spoken to me or, you know, just the people who showed up consistently for me. So yeah, the, the ministry part was really great, but then you have those people that kind of gather around you and really, you know, speak into your faith. Yeah, yeah. I remember this lady uh, at Zion Reformed Church growing up, and her name was Dawn. And, and when I was a kid, I was like, man, I don't want to hang out with Dawn. She's not cool at all. But now I look back and I'm like, wow, she played a huge influential role uh, in in my faith development. Can you think of maybe a name of somebody? You can use a first name yeah, or whatever. Yeah, um, let's see. We had Bev, and Bev ran children's worship in the way that she like greeted every child by name, just like so uh, invested in us. Like That that stands out to me. I'll, I'll never forget Bev. She's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. So Bev, I mean, uh, we're, that's a call out to you. Maybe you're listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> thanks for serving the Lord. And thanks to all our volunteers who do that too. Um, and I almost wonder if this had a little bit of an impact on you in your desire to serve the local church. I mean, you are here uh, as an employee at Cascade Fellowship. You are giving your life to serving God through the local church. Do you see a connection there? And, and maybe can you identify, you know, is there something that stands out to you as being like, yes, I want to do that for somebody else? Um, yeah, you know, I think like, so... I think of hard times that I had in my childhood, right? Like sometimes things just weren't great, right? Um, And I think about how 
coming to church and having like that consistent person, right? So like that person who was consistent for me, like Bev, right? Um, I want to be that person for another child. So just being able to like be present to, you know, be there when times aren't great, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I loved what you said about calling people by name too. I think that that's a, it's really that identifier of saying like, Hey, you're important. Mm. I know your name. I know who you are and you know, who else knows your name Mm. is God. And so, you know, as Bev taught you that, I know that that's something that you really strive to do here at mm-hmm. Cascade too. Calling kids by name, it it's really like a a piece of uh, of the faith formation of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I love that about you. Uh, so I hope you can receive that. Yeah. You know, focusing here a little bit more on Cascade, uh, you've been here for just a little over a year, serving in the kids ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Uh, is the most important focus that you see the kids' ministry needing to have? Yeah, so I think that when we can take our faith and like make take another step into it, right? Like, um, yeah, I can I can learn all these Bible stories, but what does it mean for for me? What does it mean uh, for my life? Like, what mm-hmm. am I gonna do with that? Uh, so I feel like that's like the most important thing that we do in Cascade Kids. Like we're gonna talk about this Bible story, but we're also gonna like dig into like how can you take that to school with you? Like how can you treat others better because of what you learned today? Yeah, that's my biggest, yeah, my biggest goal with that. I feel like. Yeah, I love that. And as a dad of some kids, I can tell you that you're doing a good job with that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we talk about things that we've learned in Sunday school, even in the car ride home. Or, or in, uh, sorry, Cascade Kids. We don't call it Sunday school anymore. We talk about the things that we learn in Cascade Kids, mm-hmm. and um, they're already starting to think, and their wheels are turning. Like, okay, what does this mean for me when I sit around the lunch table yeah. at my elementary school? Right. What does this mean for me when mom and dad ask me to do something at home? Mm-hmm. Um, those connections aren't always made, but they're easier to make after they've been through Cascade Kids and the teaching that you're doing with them. Um, so I hope you're encouraged by that, but. You know, why do you think, uh, you know, there's there's probably a lot of families here that are thinking like, okay, I want to get my kids involved, but it's a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a crazy schedule. It's just easier to watch church online. You know, why do you think it's important that kids come, like physically come to, to what we're we're offering right now? Yeah. Uh, number one, fun, right? <laughs> Not really, but um, I think, you know, we're like, we're having a great time together and like the community that these kids have with each other is so fun to see, like the way that they interact with each other. It's it's making friendships that are lifelong, I, I believe. Um, and then also like the way that they feed off of each other is like if one child answers a question, the other one, you know, has a response and somehow they kind of connect, like seeing them learn together. I think that that's that's just a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. The energy that you get when you're around somebody else is way different than what you're just kind of watching on a screen. Right. Uh, I'll be the first to say there are probably thousands of kids ministry things on YouTube that mm-hmm. you could probably pull up some Sunday. Yeah. But I can almost guarantee that it will not create the same atmosphere as being in Cascade Kids with other kids around you, with mm-hmm. leaders who care about you and who are calling you by name. Uh, that's the experience that you are trying to create, and I think you're doing a great job of that. Thank you. Um, so, you know, what practices are happening in kids' ministry uh, are ones that you believe should be happening in the home, too. So that question uh, I shared with you, I want you to kind of think about what's happening in kids' ministry, and then as a parent, how can I build off of that during the week when I go home? Um, you know, I think of things like maybe Bible memory or mm. worship or prayer, but I, I want you to kind of 
feed me and then the other parents as well too. Like what should we carry forward off of what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So you'll get like a review guide for each like um, section that we do, right? So each um, theme will go four weeks about um, and that'll have a Bible verse and we'll send that home so you guys can review that uh, on the way home in the car. We'll give you ideas of like motions you can do with the Bible verse. I feel like that's like, first of all, like the funnest way to learn a Bible verse, but also like makes it stick. So stuff like that. And then we'll um, send out like weekly emails of things that are happening. Um, So you'll have those resources. And we're also going to have like a ministry resource area. And I'm hoping to have some resources, like some physical resources that you could um, use to work on those things at home as well. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I love that. I want to take a break and catch our breath before we kind of keep going and talking about ministry stuff and, and how we can support you and what you're doing, Paige. So this is what I would like to call the lightning round. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I have a series of eight questions that I'm just going to straight up throw at you. And okay. I hope that you can answer as best you can and as quick as you can. Okay. We're going to see if we can finish it in one minute or less, uh, but we'll see what happens here. Okay. Okay. So this is a kind of a get to know page moment here. The lightning round starts right now. Okay. Favorite color? Um, like an orangish, kind of like rusty orange. Okay. Mm-hmm. Least favorite color? Uh, anything like bright purple. Okay. <laughs> favorite food or drink? Ooh, sushi, 10 out of 10. Okay. Favorite drink? Um, I'm a big pumpkin spice girl. So right now, Starbucks, pumpkin spice latte. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite kids ministry worship song? Ooh, um, Echo is one that we've been doing and they get so into it. I love that. Okay, great. Um, favorite mission trip location? Mm, Mexico. Really? Yeah, Chiapas. Yeah, okay. up in the mountains, like zero zero connection to the outside world, just a little tribe. is yep. beautiful. Love I it. have questions, but this is the lightning round. <laughs> favorite Bible verse? Ooh, that's really hard. Um, I would say like maybe not a Bible verse, but a Bible story that has always stuck with me. Uh, the woman at the well, Jesus meeting her where she's at, um, and just how that connects to our lives, like where we meet people where they're at. Okay, yeah. Lightning round. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Who's your hero? Oh, this is really hard. Oh, um, okay. Cliche answer. Jesus, obviously. Okay. If you couldn't answer Jesus, who would you answer? <laughs> Man, um, who created pumpkin spice lattes? Like, can we can we get a name on that? Google it. That's yeah, it. That's the hero. Okay, great. Uh, favorite volunteer leader? I'm totally kidding. Don't answer. Okay, that. <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, okay. What you hope kids learn this year? Yeah, I just hope that they learn that Jesus loves them more than anything. That He'll be with them continuously, no matter where they're at in life, and that they can carry that with them. Great. And then, what you hope kids say about the year at Cascade Kids? Yeah, yeah. I hope that they say it was fun. I hope that they say that they uh, grew in friendships together, and that they can take their faith with them and just know how much Jesus loves them. Yeah, I love it. All right, so that's the end of the lightning round. Okay. It was probably a little bit longer than um, you know, a minute, but <laughs> when you went to Mexico, I have to know though, did mm-hmm. you go like when you were in high school or college or was that recently? Yeah, so I actually went twice. Um, once was like going into my freshman year of high school. Um, and then the last time was th- three years ago, I believe. Yeah, but, or well, maybe four now. I don't know, the mm-hmm. years have like flown by. But yeah, same, yeah. same area, um, yeah. What type of service did you do when you were down there? Yeah, so a lot of um, like mixing up 
concrete. We built a retaining wall, so we were like okay. hand mixing um, and you know carrying buckets on our shoulders and like all of that, right? So, but also ran a Bible school um, and did some like community outreach type stuff, and it's really great. Yeah, so you yeah. were working with kids down there too. Yeah, oh, which is word. like so much fun. Like I know a little bit of Spanish, but the way that you can still connect with people. Uh, even though you don't know their language very well, it, it was just really, really cool to see our faith like bring us together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely love that. So let's slow it down and uh, finish up our time together here. You know, kids ministry is tons of fun. You've used the word fun a couple of times now, and I love that. <laughs> it can also be quite challenging. Mm. Uh, remind us, you know, of what you hope all our kids will hear, learn, and take away. Just remind us again. Yeah, I just think like our biggest mission is that kids would learn that their faith is their own, to grow in that, um, to learn how Jesus wants us to live and to take that with them, and then to share their faith with others. Mm, Yeah, I love that. Those are all big things. Mm. And they don't come easy, not only to kids, but even to us as adults. Yeah, yeah. And so... um, I I want you to recognize the people who are listening uh, in the podcast and and you here as well, too, that this is a lifelong journey. Following Jesus, uh, coming to follow Jesus, it's a lifelong uh, journey of of growing in your faith day in and day out. And it it's not something we're going to, you know, have a year with kids and say, wow, that kid is set. You know, they don't right. need anything else until, you know, the time Jesus calls them home. <laughs> That's not how this works. Right. Um, and we we deeply hope and we partner together in doing this so that kids will grow in their faith in Jesus Christ, that they will know him, live for him, and share that hope with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited for that for our kids. You know, I think as adults, sometimes we receive it and we don't think much about it. We come to Sunday worship and, and we have all these resources at our fingertips, but but the youngest minds around us haven't even heard some of these stories mm-hmm. and how awesome, how precious, and how faithful it is that we get to do that. Uh, and it makes me excited. So I want to think about this year one more time. If if we could support you and the kids at this church in any way, what would it be? Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to get hands-on and you want to come into a small group and meet with some kids and build a relationship with them, like that is a great way to get involved. Um prayer, you know, just pray over these kids as they're coming, as they're leaving, like just pray that they would, you know, be soaking up the things that they're learning and taking it with them. I feel like I keep saying that, but like taking their faith with them is just more than anything what we're we're hoping for, we're praying for. Um, You know, if you've got some time, you want to write a kid a card, kids love that. Like Mm. just getting a piece of mail like that was made for them. I, You know, there's just all sorts of little ways that we can be supporting our kids and just uh, be keep being those bevs right like we talked about bev earlier like just being present showing that we care and that'll just make all the difference and um, they can they can hear about their faith they can use their faith but a relationship with somebody on top of that that supports their faith I think is essential mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think we need to make stickers that say be a bev <laughs> be a bev and we could just <laughs> hand them out to our volunteers and maybe people ask questions because I agree with you those relationships are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often wondered what it would look like to have each kid have an assigned adult relationship that's praying for them within this church. Ah. Uh, There are some other churches that have done it, and they've seen some huge uh, spiritual growth in the life of these kids because God hears our prayers. 
And that is an honest, heart-centric prayer for the life of that kid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something to think about if you're within this church. Uh, we would love for you to be hands-on serving our kids. Like, that would be great. Uh, but you can also serve by praying. Uh, and if you would like to know how to specifically pray for the kids at Cascade uh, Fellowship Church, I, I would just ask you to email Paige, page at cascadefellowship.org. She will give you all the ways you could be praying for the kids. She might even give you a list of the first names so that you can pray for them by name if you would like. Uh, and we trust that God will take those prayers and, and take the work that we're doing and transform the hearts and the lives of these kids. Um, I want to wrap up our time together with just a prayer. Okay, yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you to pray, and then I'll close, and then we'll end the podcast. All right, sounds good. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about Cascade Kids, Lord. I just pray that through this year you would help the kids to grow in their faith and to enable us to um, just strengthen their faith and help them grow. Um, thank you for the opportunity to serve these kids, Lord. I just thank you for each and every one of them. Um, and please just watch over them this year and help them to just grow more than we could have ever hoped for, Lord. Mm-hmm. Father, I join with Paige in that prayer, and I think about uh, the moms and the dads at home or the caretakers at home who are uh, leading these kids each and every day. I pray that you would equip them with the, the words and all that they need to be able to uh, help raise these kids to be followers of Jesus Christ. I pray a blessing uh, over Paige, that you would give her the strength that she needs to be able to lead these kids well and to lead the volunteers well. We pray for peace in the classrooms and in the large group settings, uh, but we also pray for lots of fun. Uh, help these kids to just see this place as a, a space that they want to come back to. Uh, and, and may they recognize the body of Christ um, just as a, a relationship, a, a group of people that they can't live without. And so, Father, we praise you for the opportunity to be able to serve you within this local church. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Great interview, Eric. Thanks for sitting down with Paige. Yeah, we had a great time. It's always good to be sharing this vision for what it looks like to love our kids well, to lead them closer to Jesus, and also to give you, uh, people at Cascade, and anybody who wants to be praying for this ministry, ways to get involved. Uh, And so again, I encourage you to reach out to Paige, page at cascadefellowship.org, to really find your place fitting into this ministry and investing in the next generation. All right. Fall is upon us. The podcast is going to return very, very soon as we go through the book of Hebrews together. Looking forward to that, and uh, we'll see you soon.